Welcome into the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside, as always, Corey and Zane. Got my side here. We always start off with our drinks. I got some white wine in front of me. Corey, what do you got in front of you tonight? Going with water. I've been a little under the weather. We're trying to make a comeback here. We're probably sitting at about 85% recoup, so I'm going to try not to ruin that with some liquor. Good idea to keep it healthy. Zane, what about you? Yeah, hey everybody, I'm doing today sparkling ice, so sparkling lemonades, uh, probably my favorite non-soda drink, so that's what we're rolling with. Awesome, good stuff guys. So, tonight we're going to be doing something a little bit different. we got three segments on deck here, and each of us are going to host tonight, so I'm going to start off my subject, Zane's going to have his, and then Corey's going to have his, and finish this off also with some final thoughts, and, and get us out of here too. So, let's jump right into it. I got college football on deck here. My question is to you guys, which one-loss team has the best chance to make the college football playoffs? Zane, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's a great question. A um, lot of great one-loss teams, but for me, it's Texas. And I know we spent a lot of time on Texas this year. Uh, it has been fun, a little bit of a meme. But for me, it's Texas. They do, to me, have the weakest schedule moving forward. And they are ahead of some of those other one-loss teams. Um, so to me, if they win out and something happens in front of them, they will be the first in line. And uh, that's so that's really – do I think they're the best one-loss team? Ah, that's, a, that's tough, especially with the injury to Quentin Ewers. Probably not. Uh, even though we do trash on Bo Nix, I do think Oregon's probably the best one-loss team. Uh, but I think Texas has the best chance uh, to get in uh, right now as it stands without playing a ranked team to close out the season. I think they will run the table. Yeah, great point, because now their biggest competitor, Oklahoma, has lost now to Kansas and their rival, Oklahoma State. So as long as Texas takes care of business the rest of the way, I mean, they got the inside track to the Big 12 championship game. Kansas State was probably their biggest threat to that being ruined or them getting to the championship game and they pulled out a squeaker I, and like you said Quinn Ewers him being out that's tough I saw him firsthand as backup um, in Austin this past weekend awesome environment by the way everyone should go down to uh, Daryl Royal Stadium I think it is uh, great stadium great atmosphere great experience but I don't know if that that quarterback if he's going to carry you to the college football playoff I could see them having a hiccup if Ewers is not back it was also interesting that Arch Manning didn't come out at all but uh, then again he's a true freshman so um, we'll, we'll see uh, how that story goes from here on out Corey what do you got as your one last team making the college football playoff yeah um, so Texas is a good pick I was kind of wrestling with that myself um, they do they do kind of have their they control their own destiny in a way you know um to to the degree that a one loss team can i guess um i am going to go with alabama um i if if they were to run the table go to the sec championship game and then i believe they would probably play georgia here if they beat georgia the number one team in the country then i don't know how they don't get in with one loss over another one loss team um you know the the Nick Saban thing that still carries a lot of weight. I feel like there there's going to be some some talk on the the playoff committee. Um, I could see that happening. Um, 
bit of a preemptive strike, but you know, Ohio State's going to have a loss at the end of the year, so they could squeak in too. He's going to have to get through my team, and that's just not happening. Um, so there's all of that, but I'm, for now, I'm going to say Alabama. Oregon's also a scary one. Um, you saw we saw what they did with Washington, took them down to the wire. Washington's clearly a great team. Um, I still hold that not one team in that entire conference has a defense with a pulse. So no. I'd love to see one of them play a defense. You know, it's looking like Penix is going to run away with a Heisman here, and without playing a single defense the entire year, it's like, yeah, go up against some JV high schoolers. Obviously, not really D one, but still, it's it's just I just don't respect the defense in that entire conference. It's hard. No, Oregon probably is the closest thing to it. We, what the Big Ten West would call a defense. That they're probably the most similar. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, they really that that's just like a foreign word or foreign language in the Pac twelve. Well, for one more year, that is. We'll see how they do in the Big Ten. But I, I agree with those picks. Big Ten, you gotta you need some help if you're not Michigan and Ohio. Like Penn State, they need some help. Um, with the loss of Ohio State, they need to beat Michigan, and then they also um, need Michigan to beat Ohio State. So, like, a lot of things have has to happen over there. Um, Big 12, the race is wide open, I feel like, for Texas um, to kind of just defend their, their inside track. And then um, – so there's a lot of things in play. I would still go with Texas with, with Zane. But the Oregon pick is, is interesting. That, that That's still very much in play. And that's a very good-looking Oregon team. And we, we know – we all have our fiends in the bonix. It's pretty unanimous on that show, but that doesn't mean they can't at least get to the Pac-12 championship. All right, Zane, let's kick it off to your segments, and what do you got for us? Yeah, it's been a been a great NFL season so far. It's just so I mean, football season is just really the greatest sport. Uh, we have so much so much content. So we're gonna go over to the New England Patriots playing over in Germany. Uh, this week, I do like the international games. You get football from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., so just a straight day yeah. of football. But we're going to put Bill Belichick on the hot seat. He has not looked great. Offense Ooh. hasn't been good. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, their rookie draft pick, uh, Gonzalez, got injured. He was playing well early in the season. Their defense did look good, but... Uh, the clock is ticking for Bill Belichick, so I'll ask you guys, and I'll go over to Corey first. Bill Belichick is on the hot seat. Who is most likely to replace him uh, if they lose this weekend? Yeah, I mean, you're, we're, at least I'm seeing a lot of reports that Braves out of Tennessee is a likely uh, option. Um, that Kraft considers him a home run pick. I, I think that's fairly likely. I think that's obtainable. I think his time in Tennessee is running out potentially, and I think that would be a mutually uh, agreed upon split there. Tennessee, it's looking like they might have had some life with um, with the Mayo boy, but it's just not much going on with that roster. They probably use fresh start uh, and Braves. I mean, we know he's got an offensive mind, so he he could make some waves over there on the New England's New England's coaching staff. Um, that's that's my pick. I think there's some other options that would be decent, but that's that seems like the most likely one to me. Yeah, I don't. I, I haven't heard anything, but but maybe it is out there that you know Tennessee wouldn't want to hang on to Mike Frable. But I mean, for me, if I'm Mike Rabel, definitely I would entertain that move. But if I'm also Tennessee, I think I'm trying to keep Mike Rabel. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts on Mike Rabel yeah. and who you would have 
replacing Bill Belichick if he does, in fact, lose this week to the Colts, who are not a very good team. Yeah, I don't think he would ever get fired midseason. I think it would be kind of like a forced retirement if he was ever to leave the Patriots. I don't think he'll ever get uh, fired, let alone in the middle of the season. Mike Rabel, that's a great pick. I would say that is the maybe the most inside track one if we're going to hire another head coach from the NFL. Another dark horse pick, Josh McDaniels, maybe. Oh, not. Uh, that was how yeah, that's it. But how fast he lost that locker room? No, sir. Yeah, my thing was just like the familiarity with New England. I wasn't sure. But I do want you guys to keep your eye out for Nick Saban, Alabama Crimson Tide. He has proven everything he has in college. Uh, He's won multiple national championships. He did not get a fair shake down in Miami. He did not get to draft who he wanted. I think you'd want to have the GM role like uh, Bill Belichick did, and he's kind of like a carbon copy of Bill Belichick, maybe just a little bit more innovative and maybe a little bit more spark that he can bring to the NFL. I think that would be that, – that's my dark horse pick, but Mike Vrabel is probably the more logical pick if we're going to pick from already established NFL head coaches. Yeah, those are – those are some hot contenders. Uh, I will have to disagree with the Nick Saban contender, though. I think, I think what we've seen in the NFL okay. is you need, you need a coach that players are are going to rally around. So, you look at Antonio Pierce, right, taking over for Las Vegas Raiders. That team really rallies around him, wants to play for him. Last year, Steve Wilkes coming in Carolina at the very, you know, uh, to replace Matt Rule. They never gave Steve Wilkes a chance. Uh, to be that head coach uh, after that half season, but that team really rallied around him. So uh, if we were going to pick a college coach, I know it's hyperbole and and memes, but I would pick Deion Sanders before I picked Nick Saban for sure. Um, But I'm not, I'm not going to go college. I wouldn't go college. If there's somebody who's going to get a good look to me, I think it's Bobby Slovic. He is the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans right now, who everyone thought would probably be the same record as Carolina, one and seven. Um, they're four and four, looking. They have a top ten offense. Uh, this is his first year as a true offensive coordinator. For the past six years, he was the passing coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. So he comes from that Shanahan tree. Uh, so I think that could be a great option. Uh, for the New England Patriots, who kind of need to get in this new age offensive game uh, that Bill Belichick seems to not be able to um, kind of adapt to right now. Right. Uh, We're just going back to that Shanahan tree. The Shanahan tree does provide. All right, Corey, you've got some, some more NFL for us. I'll kick it back over to you for the final segment of the day. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go with another hypothetical situation here. Maybe a little less hypothetical for you guys. But if you're sorry, that was rude. If your team <laughs> were to have <laughs> if your team were to have the number 1 overall pick, who are you taking? Obviously there's a couple of different routes with that. You could go best player, you could go position group, you could go fitting the needs. Danny, I'm going to throw it to you first. If your Chicago Bears have the number 1 overall pick, what is your play? Quarterback Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Specifically, Michael Penix Jr. Caleb Williams has fallen down the draft. Um, probably draft stock, it's fallen. It's fallen. And 
the Bears should be before I jump into the players. I'll start with the position group, but the Bears should be drafting a quarterback every single year until they finally hit. They have wasted way too much talent. They have not found anyone. They've just they've dealt with mediocrity for way too long, and they've just kind of settled on okay quarterbacks that really just don't wow you. And then they keep them for like three or four years when plenty of good quarterbacks have passed by in the draft. And instead they take the flyers on other position players that really do not have an impact on your franchise overall. So you need to draft a quarterback, especially if you have the number one overall pick. I don't care if you think it's a reach. You just got to do it until you finally find your franchise Hall of Fame quarterback. You have not had a Hall of Fame quarterback or someone worthy of leading your franchise since Sid Luckman, since I don't even know, decades ago, half a, or at least half a century ago. So you need to draft a quarterback. Player-wise, Caleb Williams, he would have been my pick probably about four weeks ago. A lot can change. I, Jeez, I mean, he's falling quickly down the draft stock. And not only the play, but it's just maybe some of his comments, letting his raw emotion out on the sideline, crying with his family. I get it, it's raw emotions, but it's... Uh, you're probably the other players, it probably doesn't um, give you a lot of inspiration to see your starting quarterback do that. Maybe behind closed doors. I don't know. At least, at, at least I, don't, I don't mind it in college, but I don't know if uh, you want your franchise quarterback doing that after a week two loss against Tampa Bay. I just don't know if you'd want that. So um, I'm going Michael Penix Jr. just because he just seems like he's a Heisman front runner and uh, – his injury history does scare me, but otherwise the talent looks awesome. So that's my pick. Yeah, that's a fair pick. Honestly, yeah. You guys heard it here first. Danny Juarez, he hates uh he hates USC. He hates Caleb Williams. He's taking <laughs> Bo Nix number one overall, which is insane. <laughs> and he doesn't believe men should be allowed to show emotion. All right, Zane, we're throwing it over to you. Yeah, if I'm the Chicago Bears and I had the first overall pick, I I would just be sweating bullets, man, because I've gotten it wrong year after year after year. And sometimes you want that second pick so you can throw your hands up and be like, ah, you know, the the best guy got taken, so we didn't have a choice but to take the second guy. So, ah, man, if we're sold on, on Tyson Bajant, then I'm taking probably Marvin Harrison, <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, no, no, no. Or I'm taking Brock Bowers, which would be the most insane first overall pick of all time. But I mean, we young quarterbacks love tight ends, and Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, you know, uh, Kittle. I can't think of the guy's first name. Is it George? George Kittle. George have proven that you need a tight end. So we could see a surprise Bach Bowers pick. We're going to have the number one and most undolly two We're going to take Marvin Harris Jr. and then follow that up by Brock Bowers. Dude, we'd have an elite offense. Zane wants to see Chicago burn to the ground. You're not starting over your franchise. You said wipe the city and try again. Guys, we would be Kansas City. Great talent, but you're going to have agent sign or – but you could look in the in the second round. In the second round, you could get Riley Leonard from Duke, JJ McCarthy from Michigan, Quentin Ewers. You could get all those guys no, in the uh-uh. second round. You can't have my quarterback and ruin him. No, dude, he you started Brock Bowers, <laughs> Marvin Harrison, and DJ Moore. Don't forget, we have DJ Moore. That's just elite. 
He's going to have a graveyard for an O-line. That's elite roster construction that I should just, I should sign up. (laughs) There you go. Gosh. Oh, my goodness. That Tyson Bajan won't even be able to get the ball off. He wishes he had Joe Burrow's offensive line. He's a he's like a pro like full time crossfitter, so eventually he'll be good, right? <laughs> His dad wins arm wrestles. What more do you want? All right. Oh gosh. All right. If my brownies they, if they were to have the number one overall pick, which by the way we're not even gonna have a first round pick until like twenty seventy two because we took the <laughs> so we're opposed. Can I say that on this network? I don't even know. Anyways, I if. By some miracle, the Browns were to sell their souls and get a number one overall pick for next year. Um, I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. Every day of the week, twice on Sunday. You got to give our idiot quarterback somebody to throw to. And if Amari Cooper may or may not be gone after this year, um, I think we take the most pro-ready wide receiver out of college football I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, The kid's crazy, honestly. There's a mid-quarterback on Ohio State's roster throwing the ball to him and sometimes to the wrong team. He can't throw for the first half of every game, and Marvin Harrison still puts up like 180 yards a game. It's insanity. And you know who he's throwing to every time. Every Mm -hmm. time. You don't have to guard anyone else. I mean, not that they don't have a talented roster and a wide receiver room, but you know where the ball's going, and it doesn't matter. You can double, triple it, touchdown. Don't care. So I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr., um, if, if, uh, something were to happen to him, I'm obviously not doing it to Danny and taking both picks. That would just be insanity. <laughs> so yeah, I'd take it Marvin Harrison. Um, Zane wants to see all of Chicago burnt to the ground. Danny, I don't even know what to do with you either. Um, how, <laughs> how are we I'm feeling? I'm burning boys? it down either way because we are going to ruin <laughs> someone's QB career. We are. We are. Yeah, well, you're talking to a Browns fan. It's what we do best, you know? <laughs> Um, Brock Bowers, awesome. Um, how are we feeling, boys? How's the wind blowing? What are our final thoughts on this? Wind's blowing great. Texas, uh, game in Austin was awesome. Um, check out our video on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. We got some great content from this past weekend, so check that out. Um, definitely gonna be back soon. Also, great barbecue. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. Zane, how are you doing over there, buddy? Dude, I'm just riding high on this Brock Bowers pick right now. I'm ready to take this league over. Just ready. You know, somebody save the receipts. Clip this up. When when he's the next Travis Kelsey, Danny and I have to eat our hats. Like, yeah. Honestly, if you ain't draft Brock Bowers number two, I'll, I'll eat a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! I think that Danny eating a hat and I eating a hat is a great way to sign well, off. Brock Bowers isn't Thanks making it out of the top like ten, so if you want him, you're gonna have to get him at one. There's just no other way. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Saints really pray that they get that number two pick and the pressure's off as they're as the Bears' new GM. All right, we should probably wrap it up here, guys. Thanks for probably. watching, as always.